The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Hi there, welcome to Get the Funk Out. Uh, I'm Janine, the host of Get the Funk Out every Monday here at 9 o'clock, right here on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And I want to give a special shout out to a birthday girl. Happy birthday, Eliana, big 12 today. And I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you later. All right, getting started with today's show is Tina Sadri. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist focusing on social media disorders, and she's standing by to join us. Good morning, Tina. How are you? Good morning, Janine. How are you? Great. Thanks for calling in. Of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, you have a very interesting uh, focus in your practice, social media disorders. But before we get into that, could you tell me a little bit about what it is you do? Sure. Absolutely. Yes. I'm a marriage and family therapist. I have my own practice in Newport Beach. Um, and, you know, I focus on anything from divorce to teenage issues, families, anxiety, and part of my practice is recognizing social media disorder um, that is actually recognized by the DSM these days and is covered by Obamacare um, oh. because it's becoming, you know, a global issue and everybody has issues regarding social media. How has that become such a big part of your practice? Was it something you had recognized or read about or a part of your own life? Um, yeah, you know, it was something that was affecting my friends uh, to begin with, my sister, my family, and, and eventually kind of just became something that I was also talking to my clients about mm -hmm. because everyone's getting affected by it. So I decided to write a book, um, you know, because I was noticing that Facebook and Instagram were becoming a constant part of my conversations with clients, friends, um, the effects of social media will really affect our deep psyche. We make judgments based on looking at some stranger's photos. Right. And we decide what kind of, you know, personality they are, if we like them, you know, if we believe they're happy people, and we even assume if they'd be, like, good friends. Mm -hmm. And all of this is based on just looking at some stranger's photos, you know? Oh, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's insane. So, um... It's becoming a really major problem even for kids these days because, you know, kids are very trusting. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because as parents, we tell our children to stay away from strangers, but we really underestimate the effect that, you know, social media has because these kids are trusting strangers with their personal information. Right. And, you know, they're putting pictures of their house, where they live, really personal info. Right. And we really underestimate how, you know, what these strangers are learning from them. I know, because I always think if you say, hey, I'm in Hawaii, you know, like, and then you're so easily accessible, someone could just go to your house. Absolutely, yeah, and there has been major robberies mm -hmm. um, that have been reported based on, you know, people exactly posting their own vacation, and, you know, in some previous posts, they had put some pictures. Of oh, we lost you. Hello, hello? Hmm. All right, I think we lost, we lost Tina. But we'll bring her back on. We were talking with Tina Sadri. She's a licensed marriage family therapist here in Newport Beach. And uh, she's going to call right back in, I'm sure. Oh, I think she's here. All right, we'll get this worked out. We'll take a quick break. You're listening to Get the Funk Out. And we'll be back in just a second. <laughs>
right, let's try this again. Here we go with Tina Sadri. Hi, Denise. Hi. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We've got to just roll with it here, you know, stuff happens. Absolutely. So we were talking about um, social media. Is there actually an age where people, you know, kids are not really allowed on Facebook, but they're just getting away with it? Um, yeah, you know, I think they're not allowed to be on social media unless they're 12 years or younger. Okay. But I know kids that are 8, 9 years old that have, you know, social media Okay. They have Instagram, and fa- I think Facebook is a little bit more um, difficult with it. But I know yes. kids that have Instagram, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is also the age that children are learning their self-worth. Yes. And it puts them in a very vulnerable position to be waiting for these comments and likes on social media at this very young age, you know? I know, because I think about the kid that posts a picture of themselves and their dress they're going to wear to an event, and their friends are thinking, or saying, comments like, ugh, where'd you get that thing? You know, I mean, uh, they just get wrecked uh, right yes, out there in the open. Yes, even for adults, you know, these days, a lot of people are determining their self-confidence and their self-worth based on how many comments and likes they're getting. And, you know, they post a picture and they think they look great. And if they don't get as many likes or comments as they thought they should, then yes. all of a sudden that picture, you know, Com- wasn't as down. great as they thought it was. Right. I know. You Matt, know? You, like the simplest thing is you change your hair color, you get a new haircut, you post it. And then all of a sudden you think you look terrific and <laughs> you don't get any comments. You, you go back and re-dye it. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's realistic, yes. isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Totally. So that's what my book is about, you know, um, what personality types are more susceptible to getting addicted to social media, mm-hmm. um, the pros and cons of it, how to use it in the best way possible and not get abused by it, um, the best way for parents to guide their children on using it, and, you know, also a reminder to continue connecting with people face-to-face rather than just on social media because a lot of us are just kind of focusing on that and forgetting to go out and have a cup of coffee with our friends like we used to, you know? And your conversation can get so misinterpreted. My husband always reminds me of this. He's like, don't text, pick up the phone. You know, someone could say something to you in a text. You misconstrue it. It gets escalated. Somebody might type back in caps. I mean, it's ridiculous. Pick up the phone and, and work it out. Right. And these days we barely do that. I mean, even I am guilty of it. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. just so much easier to send a text then, you know, make a phone call. Yes. So, you know, it's important to remember that it also has its benefits, but it definitely has its downside. And I think the most important thing is to have balance between both, you know. Right. Have the social media, but not get too addicted on it, not take it too serious. Um, and I, I think that's really the key. I agree. I agree. What can parents do to kind of, you know, reel in the, the reins on how much social media. I mean, I know a lot of kids, are, they have iPhones and they're 10. Right. I think one of the most important things is for parents to have access to their kids' social media. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of parents don't even know that their kids have, you know, Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. Um, and, you know, I think it's really important for them to have access to it, to kind of see it and see what's happening to kind of look at, you know, who they're allowing to follow them. Yes. Um, and hopefully, you know, parents are very strict about their kids not having public profiles, which kind of means that anyone is able to see whatever information they're posting, mm-hmm. which is what scares me for kids. I think, you know, if they have their friends on there and let's say it's friends that they go to school with, let's mm-hmm. say they have like 25 friends, that's fine. 
Yes. But I think what gets really dangerous is, you know, when they have public profiles and some of these kids have, like, you know, three, 4,000 people following them, strangers of all ages could right. be, like, you know, older men following them. Right, and they have a, no idea the older man is following. It might be a picture of a young kid or a cartoon character or something. Absolutely, yeah. and kids are very trusting, you know, especially, mm. like I said, on social media. It's so amazing to me how, um, you know, they're cautious with strangers on streets because we have told them over and over. Mm-hmm. Yet, when they're on you know, social media, they just think, okay, this, this is probably just a young, cool person like myself on social media, you know, right, right. which could totally not be. It could be someone much older than that. Of course. Um, and so I think it's really important for parents to have social media if their kids do, to be able to follow their kids and see who's following them, who's commenting, you know, what their kids are saying, what their kids are wearing while they're posting pictures. Because, you know, selfies Definitely. are kind of getting crazy these days. I was going to talk about that. I was going to ask you what you think about this whole selfie craze. I mean, it's just insane. You know, from celebrities, you know, Miley Cyrus is, mm-hmm. like, now posting pictures um, of herself basically half naked. And Ugh. nothing against her. Uh, but, you know, kids are watching these girls in Hollywood, and they're completely learning from them. That's right. So right. what's going to happen when Miley Cyrus posts a picture like that? Well, you know, another teenager who's, you know, 13, 14, who wants to be kind of like Miley Cyrus, yes. is going to copy her because yes. she thinks that's the cool thing to do. Right. It, it's really awful when I see these young kids, really right. young, 10, 11, 12, posting seductive pictures of themselves wearing bikinis or whatever and posing like they're beyond their ages. Right. And these duck faces are killing me. I <laughs> I know. What's up with that? I mean, that's crazy. You know, that's another one of those things that, you a know, people face. in Hollywood do, <laughs> and then other people see and they think it looks cute on them, so they started too. And, you know, like I was saying, it's really important for parents to just kind of really watch what their kids are doing and guide them, you know, like, right. you know, say, okay, it's okay for you to have your friends twenty twenty five. not okay to have strangers, not okay to pose, you know, half naked. Yes. You know, just set guidelines for them. So, right. You know, the, the same thing goes for adults. I mean, these selfies are not just, you know, teenagers going nuts on them. Adults are going crazy on them, you know? I know. I know. So, I, had, I had a friend years ago, very insecure friend, uh, right. constantly posting pictures just of herself. You know, this pose, right. that pose, here I am. And I thought, where are your friends? Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because we're talking about kids as young as eight or nine. I see adults like, you know, 50, 55, 40, 45 posting selfies on a constant basis. And um, I don't know. I mean, we live in a very interesting society. You know, people are getting their confidence from, you know, strangers commenting on them, you Mm -hmm. know, how beautiful they look. And it's interesting because it's almost feeding, um, you know, their they really want that attention right. and they're not able to get it on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of how they're getting that attention, you right. know? Right. But the yeah. only problem is sometimes people put negative comments too, and then it just kind of crashes. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible. Yeah. I, can't, I can't even imagine you. Like I said earlier, you know, you post a picture of yourself, you feel like you look great. And somebody says, what happened? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> what did you Absolutely. do? Yeah. Mm. Yes. And another concept is, you know, it's so interesting. Experiences these days are not really experiences unless you post it all over your social media. For example, you go on a great trip, you know, to Europe, mm-hmm. and you know you're there, and that should be good enough, and yes. you're having a great time. But it's almost not good enough until you post a picture and you let the whole world know that you're now on this great vacation, you right. know? Right. 
I, you're constantly asking for people's feedback, you know. You know, I like a sense of privacy. I, I would rather post the picture after, like, oh, you know, we were here. But right, right. I, and, I, and I'm very, I really limit what I post because it's, you have to realize the whole world's looking at this. Absolutely. You know, and look what they could judge by you post a picture. You're in Paris. Oh, right. she's wealthy. She's this. Where does she live? Uh, you know, Absolutely. just on and on and on and on. You know, right. Which is what I was saying earlier. You know, people look at someone's um, Facebook, Instagram, and they make all kinds of decisions on them. You know, if they're mm-hmm. a good person, if they're wealthy, if they're beautiful. And, you know, you have to remember that. All the pictures that most people are posting is, you know, their best photos at their best moments and, um, you know, on their best trips, right? Right. And it kind of causes a really bad sense of jealousy for people who are not there at that moment on that great, great trip. Right. That's so, right. So, you know, and it just causes all kinds of feelings and reactions, which is really interesting to me. So we should all post really ugly pictures of ourselves. <laughs> I want to post Every one once in a while, it's a good thing to do. Yeah, curlers, sweatpants, ripped with spit up on your shoulder from our baby. <laughs> right. I mean, it's good to be real every once in a while. Oh, I agree. I agree. So, um, Tina Saudry, you, yes. you, uh, what is the name of this book, if people are just tuning in? You know, we have a working title, but um, it is going to be announced when the book is released, okay. which is hopefully going to be in about two months, three months. Okay. So, That's exciting. But it's on social media disorder, so it'll be something, you know. So if people, if people Google you, they'll be able to find you? Absolutely, yes. And could you talk a little bit about your work experience and training uh, with the nonprofit agency? Is it Faces? <laughs> Yes, yes. I worked at Faces for about um, three years, mm-hmm. and it's a great nonprofit agency. Um, the lady that is leading it is a very kind person who, um, you know, basically brings in families that are going through difficult times that can't afford counseling, and um, you know, helps them out with counseling with great counselors that are there. Um, and I had a lot of really great experiences there, reunification cases, working with families, bringing them together with their children. Um, and I really liked that experience. And then after that, I worked underneath Dr. Bernard Schwartz, who's an amazing psychologist. He also has a couple of books out that are really wonderful. Um, Excuse me, is he out him. of New York? Is he out of, is, it, um, is he out of New York City or is he out of L.A.? Bernard Schwartz? No, 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 he's, he's out of Orange County. Orange County, okay. Yes. So um, he's a wonderful doctor. I worked with him in his private practice, mm-hmm. um, and now I have my own private practice. So, Did you always know this was something you wanted to go into? You know, I realized this is what I wanted to do last year of high school, believe it or not. Really? Um, Why is that? I, was, I know. When I was part of a peer helping club mm-hmm. um, in my school, and I really just enjoyed it. It was just a small little group of um, teenage kids helping other teenage kids. And um, I just really grew to love it. So That's great. right then I decided, you know, I was going to go to UCI, study social ecology, mm-hmm. and then go to graduate school for psychology. And you did it. You just went right through. That's yes. great. That's yes. great. Yes. It's interesting. <laughs> I feel blessed. I love my job. Well, it's great to know what, what it is you want to know, what, what it is you want to do early on. You have that focus and you have that drive. Yes, it definitely makes the road a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Now, the, oh. the theme of my show is Get the Funk Out. 
Oh, I love it. Thank okay. you. So have you ever found yourself, maybe it was before you found your career path, but have you ever found yourself in a funk? And if so, how did you find your way out? Oh, absolutely. You know, life is never a straight shooting. Kind of, I mean, I go through ups and downs all the time. I think everybody does. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say the most important thing is to constantly remind yourself that, you know, the bad times are going to be over and good times are going to come. And not not get so stuck in those bad days. You know, keep yes. reminding yourself that you're going to come out of it. Staying positive. Um, I'm a big believer in yoga. Oh, yes. Um, I think yoga really relieves your stress. So, you know, eating healthy, balance. You know, balance is the key for everything. Eating healthy, exercising, um, therapy, of course. I'm a big believer. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually attended therapy for about two years. Um, just because I was an immigrant when my family and I moved from Iran to here, and I had a lot of difficult times. Um, you know, my family is still back there. Not my parents, oh. but the rest of my family is still back there. And, you know, I miss them every day. That's it was so a big hard. deal for me to move away from my own country. Sure. And, um, you know, I was in therapy, and that really helped me. And, you know, other than that, just staying positive. Mm-hmm. And like I said, remembering that, you know, there's bad times and good times in everybody's life. Right. And surrounding yourself with positive people, because there are a lot of people that will knock you down saying, what are you doing that for? When, when you believe in that, you want to do that. And not everybody can be so supportive. And I think you have to learn to walk away if people are not Absolutely. like that. Yeah. Yes, I, I completely agree with you. So what is talk okay. therapy? I noticed that on your blog. On your bio. Oh, talk therapy. Gina. Gina is so sweet. She came up with that concept. Um, Just meaning to remember to talk because Mm -hmm. these days, you know, like we were saying, we get so focused on social media and we totally forget that we used to talk, you know. Wait a minute. Back up. So Gina Wagner came up with this? I love it. Yes. Yes. Gina came up with that. She's one smart cookie. Okay. She's amazing. I, I love Gina. Um, so yeah, it's just the concept of remembering to talk and connect with people mm-hmm. and, you know, not just being robots on our computers and phones, right. um, which is, you know, basically what therapy is, talking, yes. and she was trying to kind of let people know that, you know, you don't have to be extremely sick going to therapy. You could be perfectly fine and you could just want to talk and connect with someone and kind of improve your quality of life by understanding yourself better. Oh, that's so true. That is so true. I actually had an experience yesterday. I threw a party for my daughter and I had this wonderful conversation with these uh, four or five parents over Uh a three-hour period and I, I never really had had the chance to sit down and talk to them and one was a new parent I just met. It was the most amazing day. It was like all of us were really listening and connecting and sharing and just about everything. And you need that. Yeah, talking really heals. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's times where, you know, my friends are feeling really down. They're just not feeling too good. And we all kind of get together and everyone shares, you know, their problems. And it's just kind of neat to see that, you know, other people have, struggles too. Right. And, you know, other people are going through similar situations as we are, That's you right. know, like you say, even when you're a parent, it really helps to sit down and talk to other parents about oh, their yes. kids and, you know, what classes are they taking? How are they acting these days? I have a three-year-old myself and mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting so that because yesterday we were kind of by the pool with some of our friends and one of my friends has a three-year-old also. 
And she was like, have you ever heard of something called the terrible threes? Because, you know, we usually say terrible twos. <laughs> yes. And I was like, you know, I haven't heard of it, but I'm experiencing it right now. <laughs> That's and, funny. you know, it, it just made me and her, both of us, feel so much better knowing that, you know, yes, both of our three-year-olds are going through a difficult period of That's time. That's right. That's right. And don't, you're not alone, mm-hmm. you know? Or how about, you know, your child has been sick for a long time and you don't know where to turn. You're, you're dealing with the doctor and you're trying to figure it out. And all of a sudden you have a conversation with another mom who says, oh, my child is the same thing. Have you tried this? I mean, just opening yourself up to a conversation, you never know where it's going to go. Absolutely. Yes, I completely agree with you. It's just, you know, honestly, one of the most healing experiences is to talk about like stuff that you're going through with other people who are kind of going through the same exact thing or similar situations, uh-huh. it just really helps. Now, you know what's interesting? When, when you were writing this book, did you find it was also also kind of cathartic? I mean, because I always love the idea of writing. You know, there's no yes. wrong, no right. Just write it down, how you're feeling or short stories or things like that. Yes, absolutely. And uh, actually a chapter of the book is, kind of on me and my life and, you know, my own experiences with social media and Instagram. And, you know, I'm a human being, too, so I have had my own personal experiences with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had days where, you know, I posted a picture and I felt like, huh, you know, like I, I didn't get liked. Nobody I didn't get likes pumped. me. <laughs> right, and usually mine are for my daughter. I post yeah. pictures usually. But, you know, I've had those experiences, too. And um, a chapter of it is about me. And yes, it is it, definitely cathartic, and it, I mean, it's an amazing feeling to be able to write down what you're feeling. Oh, yes. You know, oh. and I, I also find that um, I've started to write a bunch of short stories based on mm-hmm. my life, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm reading this great uh, book, Bird by Bird, and it talks about the whole process of writing, and so you write a really lousy, I'm censoring the word, a really lousy first draft, but it doesn't matter. Just write it, just write how you're feeling, what you went through, and then the next draft will be better. You tighten it up, and the third draft is your best. But right. just getting it out is actually like talking to somebody. Well, it's interesting you say that because that's a major uh, therapy technique. Oh, really? So, yeah, absolutely, yes. When someone comes to therapy, um, after, you know, about five or six sessions, I usually suggest that they start, you know, basically that's the five, first five or six sessions I'm getting history, trying to understand this person. And then once we really understand the presenting problem, um, we always suggest, you know, journaling. Oh. Wake up every day, and based on that presenting problem, um, journal. Write down your feelings, and it's so interesting because sometimes my clients go back and you know read back to kind of like the first, second, or three pages of the journal, mm-hmm. and they feel so amazed for how long they've come. You know, it's so interesting. Uh, so yes, journaling is definitely an amazing thing, and everybody out there should try it. Oh, I agree. That I constantly am suggesting is just on a tiny little note card, write down, you know, your goals, what you're thankful for, what you want to accomplish in the next year, your specific goals, like smaller goals for like the next two to three months and like bigger goals for the next year. Put it on a little post-it note and put it on the mirror. So every morning when you're getting ready, you can take a look at it. And it's amazing how much it helps because a lot of times when you keep looking at something every day, you really become motivated to go out there and get it. And it does, it really does help happen, make it happen. You know, so. I, I had this conversation with somebody because also if you start telling your, 
your friends, <laughs> they'll say, so how's that goal going? <laughs> and they right. call you on it. Because if you say, you know, I really want to do this thing, and it's very small and attainable, and you mm-hmm. don't do it, you have people to re- kind of remind you, hey, what about that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's the same thing about, you know, losing weight. I always have people either take a picture of, you know, if it was themselves that looked better or, you know, leaner in their own mind, of Mm -hmm. course. Um, You know, years ago or even like a year or two ago, I have them post that picture on the mirror and look at it, and that will kind of keep them motivated. Or if it's not themselves, even like a picture of a model or something from a magazine, take it, put it on the mirror, look at it, and you would be surprised how much that keeps you motivated because it's something you're looking at on a daily basis, a constant reminder every morning, and it really helps. But what's interesting, which also goes back to social media and teenagers, is that a lot of kids, they see pictures of models and skinny mm-hmm. people, and, and you right. know, as I say to my daughters, it doesn't matter. You're, you just be happy. You know, just be right. happy and don't worry about your size and what everybody else looks like and the pictures you're seeing. That's not normal. Well, you're absolutely right. You know, um, as you know, a lot of these models are completely Photoshopped. I know. They don't really look like that in person. Right. So that, that's the first part of the issue. But I'm a big believer in going after what you want. For example, if I have a person sitting in front of me depressed yes. because if you like, you know, they're like 60, 70 pounds heavier. Right, right. Um, I'm a big believer in going out and making that happen. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I believe exercise really helps your psyche as well. Oh, yes. Um, so I'm a fan of exercising. I'm a fan of going out there and getting your goals attained. But it's completely different for teenage girls. Younger girls are very vulnerable. They are constantly, you're right, looking at these magazines, looking at these models, and they have this image of perfection in their head right. that is not even real because, like I said, these models obviously don't, don't even look like that themselves in person. Oh, so, yes, you're absolutely but correct. I, oh, you, you know what? One thing I forgot to mention about social media is a lot of yes. times these teenagers are sitting around on their phones spending so much time that they're not moving around. And I always, yes. I always say, like, yes. you know, not only do adults need exercise, but so do teenagers mm-hmm. because it helps their moods and their hormones and all that and, and just puts you in a better frame of mind. Yes, which is interesting because one of the chapters on the book is on the physical symptoms that, you know, being stuck to your phone and social media causes. Um, It's not good for your eyesight. Yes. And the next thing, uh, like you said, is that you're not moving. You're not moving around. You're constantly on your phone looking at pictures and wishing you had someone else's life where you can be focusing on your own life. I know. No, it's crazy. Um, it, It really is. And it also goes for adults, too. I mean... Unfortunately, it's not just the kids that are getting affected by it. The adults are also getting affected by it. Right. So we have to wrap up, but could you give us your website, uh, Tina? Sure, sure. It's mentalwellness.com, www.mentalwellness.com, which is the name of my practice, Newport Mental Wellness. And, um, yes, please check it out. And um, my name is Tina Sadri. Tina Sadri. And also, if they want to send you an email, your your email's on there as well? Yes, my email is w, uh, I'm sorry, Newport Mental Wellness at yahoo.com. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for joining us and keep me posted when your book comes out. Thank you so much. Thanks for this opportunity. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. I'll be in touch. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye bye. That was Tina Sadre joining us. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist focusing on social media disorders. Her book's coming out in a couple of months. I'm going to put this interview up on my blog within a couple of hours. You're listening to Get the Funk Out.